today is not one of those. What my brother said at the table is so true. Uh, there's a reaction. We saw the reaction of some of those people when they heard about Jesus and what he said. What did they start to do? They wanted to pick up stones, isn't it? They wanted to throw him with stones. And we're going to talk about two different reactions to the gospel today. It hasn't changed. It is still the same. There is a war going on today. It's a war, and I'm not talking about Ukraine. I'm talking about a spiritual war that's going on. And that war is for your soul. And it's not good against evil, you know. I saw one time in my life, I saw this uh, picture of uh, Jesus sitting on one side and there's a chessboard and the devil sitting on the other side. Have you seen that? Uh, That to me is blasphemy. Because Jesus is not playing chess with the devil over your soul. No, no, no. You are more important to him than a chess game. And it's not a matter that, that the devil can sit on the other side equal, equal to Jesus. He's not. The devil is a created being and Jesus is the creator. So there's not something you know, good against evil. You know, like the Star Wars thing going on. Let the force be with you. There's no force going on. There is nobody on God's plane. Nobody. He is God on His own. He doesn't need you and me to be God. But we see that when that message came to the earth... We see definitely that this reaction, some people will get so mad, and we will see that today. And some people accept His word with gladness in their souls. And let me say, those who do, their life changes forever. For young people sometimes, for young people I say, and that's all of us in this place, for young people sometimes that's a problem. Because I've heard so many times they say, but preacher, pastor, I want to still live my life. I will still have all of the joys of life. What they do not realize is that there is more joy with Christ. More joy that the world can ever give them. So we are camping in Acts chapter 2. And we want to... I can preach so many more sermons out of Acts chapter 2. For those who missed it, it's online. You can go and have a look there. But Acts chapter 2 to me is one of the most favorite chapters in the New Testament. Why? Because it shows us another coming of God to the earth. Who's that? The Holy Spirit. And you see a pattern here. You see that there was a mighty rushing wind. And you saw that how the Spirit was poured out upon these people. It was the fulfillment of the promise. Now I'm not going to go over that. Because I've got so many scriptures to share with you today. We saw that when the Spirit was poured out upon these people, that they received that power. And they started going out from there and they started speaking in tongues. Now, a lot of people just grab onto the tongues movement. And they come to in their ears. They say that tongues is a, is, is a sign that you are saved. I'm not preaching that. No, no. There was something going on. The Holy Spirit came out. They started speaking in dialects. If you go to the Greek word, it is dialects. That means that there were other people, and I showed it to you last week, other people from all over the world speaking different languages. And these people came out of that upper room speaking in their languages. It's like me all of a sudden changing over in Malayalam, brother. And I speak in and it makes sense to you. But for a lot of people, that became the focus of Acts chapter 2. But not so. These people heard them speaking about the wonderful works of God. Let me just say today, that speaking in tongues will not save your soul. Speaking in tongues will not get you to heaven. Speaking in tongues will not give you saving grace or a regenerate heart. I know about people, and and listen to me this morning, the devil is a copycat. And he will copycat, and he's copycatted the tongues that a lot of people follow as the sign of the Holy Spirit. And you and I need to be careful of that. And I say it pertinent this morning. 
These men came out and they spoke the wonderful works of God. Let me also say this morning that just hearing the wonderful works of God will not save your soul. You don't get saved by just hearing the wonderful works of God. Because I hear so other many other people talk about the wonderful works of God. But you look in their lives and you say they are lost. So all of these things don't save your soul. And this is what you need to understand about Acts. There's a pattern that happens here. And if you follow the pattern, you will see that Acts is a transitional book. So they were all amazed and perplexed. And this is what we find a lot that people will want to see in churches, isn't it? They want to see the supernatural. We want to see the manifestation of the supernatural. And people flock to these churches just to see the supernatural. We want to see a sign from God. But the Bible says the Jews are looking for signs. But they were amazed what's happening here. They heard this noise. They came. They saw these people who were Galileans. Or Galileans. You know what I'm talking about. And they spoke in their languages. And that were perplexed them. And they said, whatever could this mean? And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit now, stood up and he raised his voice. Listen to what's happening here. The moment he opens up his mouth and starts preaching, the tongue sees. There is no chaos. There is no chaos in this church service of him. Everybody is now silent. Tell us what's happening here. And Peter stood up, raised his voice, and he said to them, This is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And I was going to preach today about that prophecy, because I can show you a few things there. And by the way, if you go through that, that prophecy of Joel, tongues is not mentioned in that prophecy. Go and watch for yourself. I'm not against tongues. I am going to preach about tongues when we get to Corinthians. Don't come to me and say, Oh, preacher, you are, you know, you are Ichabod, the Spirit has departed. No, 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 not so. And here we find, he says it as the prophet Joel. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. That to me is the crux of it. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the problem today is people don't want to call on His name. They don't want to call on His name. And we're going to see that today. I'm just giving you a little bit of a synopsis here. And we're going to get into the message in a second. Now in Acts chapter 2 verse 22, this is where for me personally, this whole chapter started getting some traction. If you want to be in the signs and wonders, that's fine. But there's more to this. And it comes down to chapter uh, verse 22. When Peter, still full of the Spirit, stood there and he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, he identifies Jesus. He says, you have taken by lawless hands. Lawless hands. If I come to you and say you've got lawless hands, immediately you'll have your back up and you'll go, what are you, where are you going with this? He says, you have crucified him, put him to death, and God raised him up. You should shout hallelujah to that. God, we are serving a risen Christ. He raised him up, and then what did he do? He has loosened the pains of death. Praise the Lord. We are preaching from a funeral home, the words of life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just for your new visitors, there's nothing behind this curtain. There's a sound system there. Praise the Lord. We should not fear death. You should not fear death. Because brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ came and He took the keys of death. The authority... He took that, he loosened the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Praise the Lord. And then he goes into using the word. He, he quotes from David. He says, David wrote these things. You see, this is what I say, and I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. And I will say it forever, that if you walk into the church and they don't preach out of the word of God, go out, run away. Because the Word of God is the only thing, the only... This is the mind of God. This is the owner's manual of your life. If your life is broken, come to the Word of God. Because through the Word of God, you will come to the God of the Word. Amen. 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 
So he uses the word. He comes and he talks about David. Remember for him the word was the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament yet. And now we come to a wonderful verse. He says, therefore, it's an application word. He says, let all the house of Israel know. What do you need to know, house of Israel? As surely that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. Shout it. Praise the Lord. Let it be known that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. Even, listen to me, even those people who ridicule you now, they will come one day and they will have to bow down and look up at the white throne and say, now I admit and I confess Jesus Christ is Lord, but it will be too late for them. Brother John said it at the table, he said, He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. When you start preaching the gospel to your friends and your family, what are they saying? The first thing, who are you to condemn me? Who are you to condemn me? Who are you to preach to me? You, know, you want to know why? Because they know your history. That's why. That's, they grew up with you. They saw the naughty things you do. They saw all of these things you do. And then you stand in front of them and say, I found Jesus, praise the Lord. And you know what He did? He saved my soul. And they look at you and say, yeah, right. We'll see where this is going to end. But you just hold on to the Lord. Amen. I love this verse. And now we come to the first reaction. I'm going to talk about two reactions. And by the way, you will find these reactions right through the book of Acts. You saw these reactions when John was talking at the table this morning. We saw these reactions in the Gospels. We saw these reactions in the Old Testament. But we will see this right through the book of Acts. If you, if you follow this pattern, you will see that. Even when you go into chapter 3, we will see that. The first reaction is in verse 37. Now when they heard this, everybody say hear. Yeah. With what do you hear? I know I did it last week. Yeah. With what do you hear? Yeah. Do you hear with your eyes? No. Do you hear with your nose? No. I know it's not Sunday school, but bear with me. <laughs> do you hear with your mouth? No. With what do you hear? Yeah. And if you want to hear, you need to be silent and quiet and listen. And listen. When he stood up that day, Peter, they became quiet and they listened. And after they heard this, after they heard what? The gospel, the tongues, no. The tongues was out of the way now. The tongues and the Holy Spirit just came to empower, empower Peter to stand up to preach the gospel. And let it be known, if you want to preach the gospel, don't be fearful, because the Holy Spirit will be there for you when you preach the gospel. Let them spat at you, let them shout at you. They've done it so many times in my life to me. He doesn't care, because the Holy Spirit gives you what? Power, power, dynamos. It is to become His witness. And you will preach the gospel like He did. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? But let me just stop there for a minute. When they heard this, who is the they he's talking about? You see this? When they heard this, who is the they? It was those religious men that the Bible talks in chapter 2. It says there in Acts chapter 2 verse 5, Jews devout men listen the gentiles wasn't interested in this these were jews and he says there devout men from every nation under the heaven these were jews from every nation go and listen to last week's message they came from the north the east the south and the west it's the cross it's so wonderful i love the word of god you should too hallelujah it will consume your whole life Look, I'm still a very young man. I've got still a lot ahead of me. And I say, Lord, consume even more. This is so wonderful. But this, this got to my attention. Devout men. Wow. And I thought about that. I remember my time I went to church as a boy and I look at some people in the church and I go, Wow, this is a devout man. 
These are devout women, devout men. But then I started looking into them. The Greek word here for them is eulabis. Did I say it right, brother? Eulabis. That's Greek, okay? That means pious. That means religious. That means sincere. These men were really sincere. They, they followed the commandments of God religiously. This is why they were in Jerusalem. Because it says there that every male need to appear, appear in the sanctuary in Jerusalem three times a year. And this is why these men came. They followed the law. They came. They were pious. They were religious. They were so sincere. But let me just tell you today, brother and sister, dear friend, that sincerity will not save your soul. I know a lot of sincere people for the wrong reasons and the wrong causes. They are so sincere. The church is sitting full of a lot of sincere people. Where do you find sincere people? Generally in the church. They will give their time, they will give their money, they will give their arms. Why? Because they want to feel good. They want to feel I'm doing something. And when I do something, I feel good about it. And next time, I'm, and, and then when I, some of them, when I do something good, they, they see, where's the cameras? Where's the, where's the people watching? Uh, they're watching now. Just, just hold on, just hold on. They're watching. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Some people are doing like that. They are so sincere and they want this for the crowds. And these humble people, I'm not generalizing, I'm not saying everybody's like that. But there's a problem right here for us, which this chapter addresses. It says they were devout men. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. These pious people, and let me say again, the church is sitting full of them. In this room there might be some of those people. Because I can't tell you whether you are saved or not. Only you and the Holy Spirit will know. Religion will not get you into heaven. Religion will not save your soul. Coming to church this morning will not. It might get you into a place where the Holy Spirit can work with your heart and you can hear the gospel. Yes, that's why I want you to come. That's why I want you to invite your, your friends who's not saved to church. Bring them. This is not a holy place. This is not a perfect place. This is a place where the sinners should come in. Why? Because they need to hear the gospel. We should open up these doors. But this is where they... You see, these men, they knew about Jesus, but they did not meet Him. Do you know people like that? I mean, you can talk about any person now. I mean, let's, whether you like it or not, but let's just use it because he's now a famous man. Uh, Albanese, he's the Prime Minister now of Australia. You know, I know of him, but have I met him? No, I haven't met him. I make my opinions what I see on TV, yes, and I, you know, I don't like that. Oh, look at him, I don't like that. But have you met him personally? Have you sat down with him? Have you spoken to him? I can use so many people that you know but you've never met. You see, and this is the problem with a lot of pious people, devout people. They know about Jesus. They can even quote scriptures about Jesus, but they've never met him. Never met him. There could be some of those people sitting here right now this morning. Oh, my prayer is, Lord, through the sermon and through the Holy Spirit, make these people just meet Jesus. Because it's not about a religion. It's not about whether you belong to this church or not. We don't even have a list where you have to sign as a member of this church. You come and go as you go, because you belong either to God or you're a son of disobedience. There's either one of two. And if you're a child of God, you're in the family of God, baptized into the family. But if you're a son of disobedience, you can come to church and you will change by association, not by the heart. I've seen so many of that. You get somebody who's a really rough diamond, they start to hang out with the right crowd in the church, and even that diamond can get a polish on it. But it doesn't need to get a polish, it needs to be cut to perfection. 
This is what we're talking about. These people, these pious men did not meet them. They followed the law and did not meet the lawmaker. This is what I say so many times. If you want to live in the Old Testament, feel free because you'll only be walking in the shadow. Hallelujah. I love the Old Testament. And once I'm finished with Acts, if the Lord leads, I will preach to you a book out of the Old Testament just to prove to you that that book which I will preach to you in the Old Testament is only going to point to one person. And who's that? Jesus Christ. Because He is the substance of the shadow. And some people love the shadow. Oh, we'll just want to hang around in the shadow. We love all of the nice things about the Old Testament shadow. And I say, God bless your heart. But I've moved into the substance. Because when I sit in the substance, Jesus Christ, the shadow makes so much more sense to me. This is why I say, we, we dwell in the Old Testament, we learn in the Old Testament what's happened there, to grow spiritually. It doesn't save your soul. The Old Testament is not going to save your soul. It's not. It's not. No, no. It comes in the New Testament, where my God had to die for me. You see, they haven't met the lawmaker. And these men were not saved. They were not saved. Why? Why can I say that? Let me give you a description of their hearts. Let's look a little bit deeper into their hearts. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. He says, and he said, he said this to Isaiah. Remember in chapter 6, when the, when the train of the Lord filled the temple, his authority came into the temple. You remember Mark, he fell down because the, the authority of God came into the place. And he immediately, and this is Isaiah cried out, he says, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst people with unclean lips. And what did the Lord say? He says, I want to send somebody come and talk to my people. He says, Lord, here I am. And when he said that, the Lord gave him these words, and he said, go and tell this people. Now I know, we're talking in the shadow here now, He's talking about Israel. He says, go and tell Israel, these people. But today I want to use it to say to the church, go and tell these people who are sitting in the church. Keep on hearing and do not understand. Have you come across people like that? I have. I open up the Bible, I read the passage, and I get so excited about it, man. I ran to Leone in the other room. I said, look at this, look at this, the Lord just showed me this. And I read the scripture this to her, and she goes, wow, that's good. And then I shared it to one of my friends, and I go, I don't get it. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But this one is a little bit different, because there is sin in the heart. He says, keep on hearing, but do not understand. How many people have taught you, oh, the Bible is such a difficult book. Right, I, I uh, worked with a young man in New Zealand once, and uh, his life was falling apart. And I said, man, you need to start reading the Bible. Let me, he says, no, no, I've read through the Bible already. <laughs> and I go, yeah. Let me tell you why I don't believe you. Because if you read through this book once, your life will change. Because you will meet the writer of this book. But you see, they do not understand. He says, keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull. You see that word there, dull? That word there? In the Hebrew it means fat. Fat, that's what it means. What happens when you become so fat? You become lazy. Lazy. Isn't that right? And if you become fat in a couch potato, what happens? You just go and sit on the couch and you... He says, make these people to become lazy. This is it. I'm, I'm not kidding. You can see the, the word there in Hebrew. It is fat. He says, make their hearts fat so that they can become lazy. And this is what we find. People are so lazy about finding out about the things of God. And their ears heavy and shut their eyes. Can you see this? Can you picture this? This, this, this dull. I'm going to use the word dull because somebody's going to come to me afterwards and say, Pastor, are you saying I'm fat? No, I'm not. <laughs> Let's just continue. But, you know, he says, these people are so dull. Their ears are heavy. Their eyes. And, and he says, let them be. Let them be. 
lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their feet and return to be healed. The reason why God said let them be is because they need to learn a lesson. And let me say out clear today that sin has got a responsibility or a consequence. That's the word. Sin has got a consequence. You don't think you're going to continue sinning on and God's just going to overlook it. There is a serious consequence for sin. And you can go and read the whole chapter. I just parachuted in there. Can you see their hearts? He's talking about Jews here, devout men. And that's still the condition of that nation today. And of the church. Not the whole church, but some in the church. And it's the same today. Paul writes this in Ephesians 4.17. He says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. You should no longer, in the fertility of their mind, having their understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the brightness of their heart. The meaning of the brightness of their heart is the same meaning of the heart of these people are dull. It's the same thing. So I want to say to you this morning in a spiritual sense, get off the cows. Start doing exercise in the Word of God and become fit. Is that a good application? It's the same today, Paul says. It's the same, but there is good news. I don't want you to think this church is only preaching bad news. What is the good news? The gospel. And did you know that in the shadow the gospel was pointed towards? Look at Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 25. One of my most famous, most famous passages in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 36 verse 25, he says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. Now, I want you to understand something. When I say that the book of Acts is a transitional book, you will see as you continue with me through this book that the message of the gospel changes when it comes to Paul. Because you're going to see something here. And it comes from the Old Testament. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. The, the Jews, whenever you want to become a Jew, what do you need to do? Be baptized. Be baptized. Why? Because they believe that that cleans you. When you go into the temple, there is the bowl of water. What is happening there? The priest had to clean himself. Okay, the water is a sign of cleansing there. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. Hallelujah. I will give you a new heart. If you need a new heart, the old heart wasn't that good. And put a new spirit within you. What was this all about? This is in the Old Testament. He says, I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart. I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgment and do them. It's so wonderful, the Word of God. What will help you to walk in the statues of God and in His judgments and do them? What will help you? It's right there. The Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you to walk in the statues. The Holy Spirit will help you to uphold the law of God. Listen, I'm not preaching that we are not under the law anymore. We are. We are still under the law. Listen to me today. He didn't come and say, I abolished, I took away the law. The law is still there. <laughs> By the way, if you read your Bible in the New Testament, there's so many more laws which you can't keep. You can't keep the law because you will break it. The Bible says the law is like a teacher. It's a tutor, the Bible says. The only thing the law brings you to is a conviction of sin. Lord, I am not perfect. And I am not. 
I'm breaking. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. This is Paul, by the way. Now, Paul, by the way. Oh, wretched man that I am. Present tense. Not that I was. The wretched man that I am. Who will save me from this body of sin? I'm still walking in it. You and I are still walking in it. Don't look at me and go, Oh, pastor, you are such a holy person. No. I'm like you. I'm, this is nothing. You know, it's nothing in a title. Let me just say today to you, we need the Holy Spirit. If you come to the book of Acts, first the Spirit was poured out, empowered them, and then they preached the gospel. So you need the Spirit of God to be able to walk in the statues. But this is a wonderful verse, isn't it? What did Jesus say? He says, I'll pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, Parakletos. He will give you another helper, who will be in you and with you, how long? Forever. Here you go. It's a fulfillment of this in Ezekiel. So wonderful, there's good news. So let's look at the reaction again. They were cut to the heart. They were cut to that. Remember, if I fast forward this, if I modernize this message, I'm talking now to the people in the church. He was talking to people in the church. And the people in the church were cut to the heart. He wasn't, this wasn't for the world. This is not for those cars driving past here, although the gospel needs to go to them. He's now talking to these people now, the pious people, the devout Jews, the people who religiously hold the law. He's talking today to the people in this room. He's talking to the people who follow us online. He's talking to Christians here now. And there is something that happened here which couldn't have happened without the Holy Spirit. And that's the conviction of sin. Let me say today, if you do not understand your sin and see your sin through the eyes of God, you've got no clue. You need to understand that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. And when these people saw that, remember what he said to them? He said, you killed Jesus Christ with your lawless, you remember when I pointed that out, your lawless hands? Let any man in this place who haven't got lawless hands stand up now and call me a liar. Every person were born, you were born with lawless hands. You were born that way. David said, as soon as I was born, I went astray speaking lies. From my mother's womb, I went astray and I speaking lies. And here these men were cut. Did I realize? We were doing it with our own effort. We were following the laws. We were following Arunai, Yeshua. We were following God. We, we do this religion. We come every year. We go in, in a certain ritual. We do every single. It's so hard to. It's so, it's so hard to praise and worship God. But I'm doing it because it makes me feel good. It makes me, I bring my animal. I lay my hand off it. It becomes the scapegoat. I send it for my family. They, they kill it. They kill it for my sin. I come to the next part. Lord, what do you want us to do? The next law. I do it religiously, Lord. But still, I'm a sinner. There's nothing that can save my, my, my soul. Until now. Until now. And you should shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, they were cut to the heart. The word there comes from the Greek word, katanai sumai. And I like it because in my mind, cut means katamai. It cuts something. Katamai, it, it brings something in my mind in as a samurai sword. It gets katamai sumai. I'm going to cut the heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is for me to understand. You don't, that's not, by the way, that's not theological, okay? That's not a new teaching. But it sounds so nice, isn't it? Cut the mice of mine. They were cut to the heart. That means they were pricked in the inner being. It's like I said last week, it's like you shoot arrows. You've heard this before. The arrows pierce the heart. It means it goes beyond all the defenses you've put on and you realize now there's no place to hide because you cannot hide from God. You can lie to your people. You can lie to your wife, your husband, your children. You can lie to the pastor or to whomever, your brothers and sisters. But you cannot lie to God and you cannot lie to yourself. And here comes somebody and they preaches a message 
And you don't know them and they don't know you. But Samuel, what comes out of their mouth is a sharp two-edged sword. And by the way, the Greek word for that in, in, in Hebrews chapter 4 is a Micaiah sword. It's a small sword which cuts really, really directly. And somebody preaches the gospel and you sit there and you've been lying to people your whole life. You are covering the sin inside. But somehow this stranger comes, he preaches the gospel and it feels as if he looks right into your heart and soul and you go there's no place more to hide that brothers and sisters is what happened to these people has it happened to you I was 21 years old fitter than now stronger than now I could run fast I could fight if I want to fight. That was my life. I met a beautiful young girl and I married her. I had sin in my life. I walked into a Pentecostal church. I sat at the back. I never in my life saw the preacher. Never knew him. <laughs> I said to, to, to this beautiful, who is now my beautiful wife, I said to her, you come to the man's church. To the man's church. Yeah, you come to the man's church. Man doesn't go to the women's church. That is who I was. I was sitting at the back there. This man started preaching from the front. I didn't know him. I was sitting at the back because I didn't want to sit at the front that people look at me in this happy, clappy church. And as I sat there at the back and this man started opening up the Word, not telling stories, not talking about books or anything, he opened up the Word of life and he started preaching that gospel and he started hammering, hammering at my heart. And I was sitting at the back and what I said to you before happened to me, to this man. I was sitting there and all of a sudden it is as if my heart were ripped open or cut open whatever you want to say and he was talking to me and I thought for myself well, how did this girl next to me tell him all about me but she didn't because God had a plan He changed that self-centered, full of himself, strong man. He cut her heart open and I said, I went to that preacher and I said the same thing. What shall I do? Katasamai, I like that word. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I'm going to write that word on a piece of paper and carry it in my heart. Right, right here. You might go and walk around with it. You see, it's used for an emotional sorrow. These people were convicted of sin. And this is what the Holy Spirit did. You see why I say so many people get hanged on about the tongues and about the fire and about this. And I say to you, yes, yes, we need the Holy Spirit because without the Holy Spirit, there is no gospel. We need it, brothers and sisters. Let me hurry on. You see in Acts chapter 2 verse 36 they say to him what should we do and he commanded them and Peter said to them and the rest of the apostle men and brethren what should we do then Peter said to them repent everybody say repent. repent let it be known that you cannot come to the cross if you do not repent of your sin I see and hear so many today testimonies and there's no repentance of sin no acknowledgement of sin he says repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Now this is where I want you to make a mental note if you're going to follow us through the book of Acts. Because a lot of churches base their theology and their doctrine on this verse. They say you repent, then you need to go through water baptism, and after water baptism you will be saved because it says remission of sins after you are baptized, and then you will receive the Holy Spirit. We do not operate like that today. We will get to that. Let me hurry on. That's reaction number one. And then those who gladly receive the word. Everybody say gladly. gladly. They gladly received the word. Were baptized and the day 3,000 souls were added to them. I hurry on. I've got 10 minutes. You see Peter preached the word. The Holy Spirit convicted. Let's look at the second reaction. We go now to Acts chapter 7 verse 51. You remember Stephen started preaching full of the Holy Spirit. 
and then they pulled him in front, they arrested him and brought him in front of them and he started talking to them and I love it. You need to go and read that, I'm just hurrying through this. In Acts 7 verse 51, he stands there full of the Spirit and he says to these people, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in the heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? You always resist all these, look at it, stiff-necked people. Would you appreciate it if I walk over to you this morning and say, you're a stiff-necked person, and you're uncircumcised in the heart. But that was true, they were not cut by the heart, you see. They were still sitting in their sin. You know, they could preach to them until they're blue in the face. Hence me saying to you, just talking about the wonderful words of God will not save a soul. You need to preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit needs to come to do His work, which is conviction. And then you are cut by that. But these may not. They resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers also did, so you do. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? All of them. And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one. Yes, they did. You see, what is He doing? He's preaching the gospel. Of whom now you have become betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by direction of angels and have not kept it. Wow, I love this. I should spend more time on this, but I think I've spent too much time on the front. But you need to go and study this more. Because this is the whole gospel right here. Look at this. You see, these the, who's the just one? Jesus. Jesus. And you have become betrayers and? It's the same message that Peter preached to them. You see? And what is happening? We have received the law by the direction of angels. They have not kept it. You can't. You can't. What happens to these people? Look at this now clearly. When they heard these things, everybody say heard. They were cut to the heart. Wow. If you just stop it there, you will shout, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Here is another Pentecost. You know what I preached last week, how people are looking for another Pentecost? Here is another Pentecost. Wow, they were cut by the... No, no. Look at this reaction. They gnashed at him with their teeth. I always wondered at this. I always wondered. I wondered, you know, did they really come to him with... Did they really want to take a bite at him? Because that's what it says there, isn't it? If you literally want to take the Bible literal... Really getting, hopefully some of them didn't have false teeth in there because you know, they could. But they were really cut to the heart, these men. But there's something different here. You remember that nice word which I love? Cut the sumai. You, you know that word? I told you it's one of my favorite words. I would have loved this to be katatsumai. I would love to be, but it's not. The Greek word here for that cut to the heart is the word diaprio. That's not a favorite word of mine. Diaprio. What does it mean? It means to divide with a saw. It's to have something and you divide with a saw. It means to grate teeth in rage. So that's a different reaction here. You know, if you read the English, you go, it's the same, but it's not. This is why I love, have I said it before, the Greek? I love the Greek language. I praise the Lord that when I'm going to get to heaven, I'm going to speak it just like that. <laughs> you can speak any language in heaven. No, no, I'm not starting a new doctrine here. They're going to speak Afrikaans in heaven, I just want to say. <laughs> you see, these men were cut to the heart and they gnashed their teeth. There's a different reaction. God gives the message. The Holy Spirit convicts and leads us to repentance and how you respond is your choice. I've seen it so many times. Look, I said it to you people, as to, to your brothers and sisters as well. When you look at me, there is so many eyes is looking at me. Constantly. I mean, how many eye people is in this place today? And all of these eyes are fixed on me. And I, and you know, and I'm, I'm cautious and I'm con but you forget that I'm looking at you as well. Yeah? And I can see so many times when I preach the message, you can literally see the veil goes down. The Bible talks about a veil. Yeah. I can see how the message goes into people's hearts and I can see so many times how the Spirit is working with a heart. 
And then when it comes to one point, I can see the brain ticking over and then I go, that sounds too hard. Shut us down. I don't want to hear anything anymore. And you see, this is what it is. The message comes out. The Holy Spirit is working in this place today. How you respond is your choice. Romans 2.4 uh, Or do you despise the riches of the goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? If I can ask you a favor today, okay? In your Bible, why don't you go and underline these words? And read it at least 10 times this week before you come here next week, okay? This passage. Because this is such a wonderful passage. It's one of my most favorite passages in the Bible. Yes, Brett, you've heard me say that so many times. The whole Bible is my favorite. But this, look at this. I, I know we're getting to the end, but look at this. Concentrate. He says, Do you despise? That means, what is your reaction? What is your reaction? Do you despise the riches of His goodness? The forbearance. He goes before you. Are you despising that? The forbearance. The long suffering. How long suffering is God with you? I'm a very impatient person. I mean, you look at me and go, you've got a nice smile. I'm an impatient person. I can tell you that. You know, I'm standing there at McDonald's and I go, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's now two minutes and ten minutes. Uh, two minutes and, uh, come on. You know, we're all impatient. But God looks at me. You know, sometimes I look at some of my staff who works for me and I go, you should have it by now. Come on, you should have it by now. And God looks at me and I think, what does he think about me? Come on, you should have it by now. No, no, no. God is long-suffering. If you think about that, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to what? Why? Because you realize God is so good for me. I need to repent. But, Brother Oral, sharp contrast. In accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient con continuance, in, in continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking, are there people like that in the world? Yes. And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation of wrath, tribulation, anguish, and every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first and also the Greek. Verse 11, for God is not a partial God. Look at this. He says, for those who do not obey, there comes wrath. Let it be known. There comes tribulation. There comes tribulation. The rapture will take place. Tribulation. And even if you die without God, there's tribulation. And anguish on every soul of man that does evil. It's not me saying it, the Bible says it. One more verse. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed their teeth. But being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, this is Stephen, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens open, Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and run, with him, uh, run at him with one accord. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when they had said this, he fell asleep, he died. It only takes the Spirit of God that can make you react like that. Because I often think and I say, Lord, how would I have reacted? Would I have gone and say, Lord, forgive them? Don't charge this against them? So this is the reaction. You see, brothers and sisters, the Gospel requires a personal and individual response. We see the pattern. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3 For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Saviour. It's good and acceptable in the sight of our Saviour. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the will of God. 
Now, on the prayer meeting on Friday evening, Brenda, you've asked that I preach. I'm going to talk on that prayer evening about the will of God. This is the will of God. That, that all men should come to the saving knowledge. There's only one way that you can respond to a gospel message. You acknowledge you are a sinner and need a saviour. That that saviour is Jesus Christ alone. You repent of your sin. You confess that Jesus was raised from the dead. And you allow the Holy Spirit to live in your life. Now brothers and sisters, before I pray. I know for the last few weeks you've heard all of, you've heard the gospel. It, it should by now, like they say, come out of your ears. That's how much you've heard about the gospel the last few weeks. I had a man, the very first time we started, uh, we pioneered a church in, in New Zealand, um, and I was preaching the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And he came to me once, he says, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> That is a reaction. Are you sick and tired of hearing about the gospel? You can't be. Yes, we need to grow. And we're going to get into acting to that. Yes, you need to grow from the gospel. You can't just sit there and be saved. Yeah, you're saved, but you need to grow. And this is what Acts is going to address. But for today, and I think if the Lord willing... We will move on to Acts chapter 3 next week, okay? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning for your word. Uh, it is truly living and it is powerful, Lord. Father, I thank you that your word is so clear. It is so clear that a young child can understand it and a professor can understand it, Father. So it's not a matter of understanding it, Father. It's the matter of reacting to it. So, Father, I thank you this morning that... Uh, for the opportunity, Lord, to preach this word. And we pray now, Lord, that as I preach this word, which is the seed of the word goes into hearts, that it will multiply and bring forth good fruit. I pray this in Jesus' name. And Father, if there is one person online or sitting here today who's cut by the heart, Father, I pray for the first reaction that they would come and say, what shall I do? And come and meet the Savior, Jesus Christ. And Him alone. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.